everybody, and welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I am joined today by my good friend, Nikki Schneider, um, Nikki Valley Schneider. It depends on where if she's signing a piece of artwork or if she's signing something <laughs> official. Um, job. <laughs> right. So uh, Nikki and I both, uh, she used to teach where I am. Now she's moved up to Minnesota, but she's an amazing printmaker, and we have tons of work to see. Um, good to see you, Meredith and Megan. Thanks for coming, and anybody else who joins us, if you're new to Spreecast or if you're watching this on a replay, um, this Design Recharge meets every week at 2.30 Eastern Time, and we talk to designers, artists, illustrators, and we motivate, inspire, educate, and hopefully connect designers all around. Sometimes when you're working in an office by yourself or, or you're in a, a small company or a really big corporation, but you're in part of a small marketing uh, department or art department, you don't really get a lot of interaction with designers or artists from other areas. Sometimes we're just too busy. So this is a way for us to do it during the week. It still helps us get better as designers, as also just motivate us, give us that little bit of recharging that we need to get our batteries going. So thanks, Nikki, for coming. I'm so excited to have tons of questions and um, tons of images to share. So. First yeah. off, if you could um, tell us a little bit about um, what, a uh, little bit about your history. I know you studied graphic design at Baylor University in Texas, but kind of give us a little like your history from there. I know you're from Nebraska, so. Yes, well, I'm from Nebraska. Um, I always knew I was going to do art like that. I grew up with three other siblings, and we all kind of had our own little special niches. And mine was art from the get-go. So, I mean, I remember I got a tackle box for my uncle for my third grade Christmas present that year that I still have all my oil paints in. I mean, it's, they're kind of, I don't think they are workable anymore. But um, I've always known I wanted to do art. It was just finding what I wanted to do in art and not just have it be a hobby. Like, you know, do what you love and love what you do sort of thing. Um, so when it was ready time for college, I looked more, instead of what programs are really good, I just looked for what area in the country it was. <laughs> I just wanted to get out of Nebraska. I mean, I love Nebraska, but if you went to school in Nebraska, it felt like you were just going to high school again. Like you knew everybody. I wanted to be forced into an area where I didn't know anybody. So I chose Texas, and it was great. It was, you know, it was total... Um, weather change and client you know just everything I, I really enjoyed it and the program at Baylor was small enough that I mean I wasn't a big fish but I knew all my professors and they all knew me sort of thing where um, you know my husband went to the University of Wisconsin as an undergrad and it's huge like I would have freaked out if I had gone there as an undergrad but so the the big program was graphic design and what was great is I could get my BFA in graphic design, but still do all the other arts. Like I know at South, it gets tough for some graphic students to be able to take other classes because right. their schedules are so jammed. But the schedule was set that I could still do all of painting, um, all of printmaking. I didn't do ceramics. That was the only thing I didn't mess with. But I did photography. I did an art history. I did everything else. And then when it came time to... Um, to graduate, my really good friend Deanne Cobb, who was also in graphic design, she's like, I'm going to go to grad school. I'm like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. So I applied to grad school and got into Wisconsin 
because my printing professor at Baylor had taken classes with Jack Damer, who is a printmaker in Madison. And um, there you go. So I fell in love with printmaking. So you went straight from undergrad to grad school. And then how yes. long? How which long? At the time, which at the time was kind of frowned upon because a lot of the professors and even like visiting guest artists would come in and be like, oh, you don't, you know, you don't know where you are in the world yet. You're too young. You don't have life experience. Your artwork shows it. And I mean, that's honest criticism, but it's like, you know, really? Do I have to go out for five years and then go back to school? I mean, I, it worked for me. It worked for me just to stay in that academic I still am trying to do the academic line, but it's worked for me to stay into in school. So then, what changed you? Did when you were in undergrad, you were taking some printmaking. You already kind of felt like you really liked printmaking more so than design. Well, I like graphic design was cool because everyone was in the lab. Like at that point, nobody had a laptop. I mean, this is the nineties, right? right. So we were all in the lab, and it had a little card key. It was very, you know, special group. You could only be, yeah. you know, and I like that. I like the camaraderie. I had the habit of um, forgetting to blink. When I was sitting in front of the computer, like, I would really lose track of time. And it would, you'd forget to blink. You'd forget that you need to go to the bathroom every now and then, or you need to eat something. Like, I would just get so involved. But even then, a lot of my graphic design work, I would do hand work, like scratch boards or paintings, and then scan them and then manipulate them in the computer. So even then, I wasn't full-on computer everything. Right. But I loved how slick graphic design was and how quick some of it could be. Um, I didn't like the printing out process because you never knew what you were going to get on the other end, which I didn't right. like that. But um, I liked the more old school tradition, traditional, you know, being able to run around while you're working and not be locked into the computer. Right. And I think in the end it was the deadlines. Like the actual, like, I didn't know how well I would do in the real world because I think I'm creative, but not with like five clients breathing down my neck and telling uh, me they don't like this and they like that. And yeah, you're very creative. Uh, it's, that's why I laughed because you think you're creative. <laughs> I know you're creative. Um, but I, I think it's funny. You end up having lots of things going on and you end up doing deadlines anyway because Halloween costumes come up and they your kids always have really amazing Halloween costumes and Halloween is a deadline. So I think you would probably do fine, but it probably was a little overwhelming. True. Deadlines overwhelm a lot of people. But I, what I really like is I I mean, Nikki is a printmaker. She is an artist. She is a, a professor. But I still think the way she does her art is so heavily influenced by design. She has excellent skills. And that's one reason I wanted to have her on the show today. So um, so you went from there, and then you started teaching. You got, was it three years at um, Madison, or were you? Madison was a three-year program. Um, and, uh, I got to, because of David Becker, my drawing professor, he, um, got a class for me to teach figure drawing for a, a year. And that's, you know, you need your, your experience to get the first job. And then we moved to, um, then Rick, my husband, Rick Schneider, he blows glass. He got a teaching job at VCU, which is funny because Diane and I were there at the same time and didn't know each other. <laughs> So I was, you were in the grad program and I was teaching 
adjuncts, foundations, color theory, drawing, figure drawing, 2D design. I taught 2D and too. They had yeah, they had great little houses. Like it didn't, you know, it didn't really have a main campus. But so we were there for two years, and then we moved back to Madison for like six months because we didn't have a job. And I worked at a frame shop, which I highly recommend for students starting out who want to stay in art. Especially if you're in the fine arts, or even graphic design, you have stuff to frame. Working in a frame store is a really good way to go because you get a really good discount and you learn how to do it properly mm -hmm. for when you're showing your work. Um, and then we were in Madison for like six months. It was crazy. And then we literally we turned around and moved to Salisbury, Maryland because Rick got, um, they had a part-time glassblowing job. And we're like, oh, part-time or really, it was just us and our dog Gus. Like, well, you know, if you want to teach, our good friend Tommy White was like, if you want to teach, you just got to do it. Suck it up, make it work. So we moved all the way out there for a part-time job, and it ended up that their, um, one of their painting and drawing professors got another job. So they had a full-time line, and I got it. Yay! So Rick and I both had jobs, and we were in Maryland, and... 30 minutes from the ocean, it was, you know, we'd be done with class by one and be walking on the beach at 1.30 with Gus and we'd just be like, are you kidding that this is our life? <laughs> and then um, they knew I was a printmaker and they, um, they had printmaking a little bit, but it had kind of fallen off just like at South. Mm -hmm. And so they had some facility, but not really. And they weren't any classes and they asked if I would teach it. So I started with relief. Got enough students to teach two classes and then taught a silk screen over the summer and then built in etching. And I got enough students that I actually had inter intro, intermediate, and advanced. Oh, cool. So, within, and, and that's within two years. Very similar to what she did once she came to South to teach. She did kind of the same thing. Yeah. It was a dead program. She totally revived it. Same thing. You had one class and then you built on. So as an educator, what mm -hmm. skills do you think students should work on while they're in school and why? And not just printmaking, but obviously graphic design students, um, we had a lot of crossover between because a lot of times stu design students or designers like to draw. So what kind of skills do you think that they should have? Well, I think um, I think drawing is a really, really strong skill to have. I mean, you don't have to be phenomenal, but that eye-hand coordination, there's a reason why the foundation classes are the foundation classes. Like, you need to take advantage of those classes and don't just poo-poo. Because, you know, I did it too. You know, my 2D design class, my color theory class, I didn't save any projects because I just didn't see... Value you know, at that point, you're like, oh, I don't need, you know, oh, what a time killer. I hate this class. It's boring. But you really need to pay attention in those classes. And when I teach them, I really push composition, especially in drawing one, because you just think, oh, well, there's the still life. I'm just going to do, you know, what I see. But it's so much more than that on how you lay it down on the paper and, um, you know, just go to those classes. Go to class. <laughs> and and the other thing I think, I mean, I was guilty of it too as a student, is you don't want anyone else to steal your ideas. Like, we're in a very creative, heavy mm -hmm. um, line of work. And so, you know, yeah, you come with this great idea, and the next guy over takes it. You know, that's frustrating. But at the same time, I think you need to share 
and see what other people are doing and show what you're doing. Yeah. Because you never know that guy two chairs down might make your idea even better just by some random little thing he says about it. And same, you might be able to, you know, do the same or get ideas sparked off of somebody else without, you know, taking their idea exactly. But well, And I think... Um, in class, maybe it's a little bit more, but I think that's one reason I like Design Recharge because we can help each other. We can get ideas. We can share ideas. People send me things, and I'll give them. I'm not asking for any credit. I'm just trying to help you. Um, and I do the same thing with my other uh, design friends. I'll send something. Hey, can you give me focus? I'm, I'm, you know, a little lost. And they're not trying to get their name on my or a, on a check, part of the check or the money or anything like that. They're just trying to help, and I think that's one reason uh, Design Recharge is so great for that community. And, and really, you can establish a community in class as well. How do you keep that yes. community up currently now in your just working and teaching and um, just being an artist? How do you keep up that kind of sense of community and connection? It's, um, it's been a little tricky since we just moved. But, you know, there are, there are print houses in, um, I can't even, I think it's called High Point. There's a print house in Minneapolis that I have to get to because they have a community already set in. I just I need to get in there. You can rent time, I think, in the studio or just see what other people are doing. But getting out to print shops for me, that would be the way to go. Um, Facebook, unbelievably, has interesting yeah. connections. And uh, I'm just trying to do, uh, I have a blog started. I haven't, I'm a little leery still of the internet and how much you put out there and what and who might be taking it. I don't know. So, but I, I think the computer in this day and age is a big way to stay connected. Um, printmaking drew me, I was drawn to printmaking because of the community. You all have to be around the same press, just like graphic design. You're right. pretty much in the same studio lab. Um, you know, I was in painting for a while, and ah, there we go, Megan. Yeah, High Point thanks, Center for Megan. Printmaking is in. Thanks. <laughs> I haven't been there. I've been to all the glass shops in St. Paul and Minneapolis, but I haven't been to the print shop yet. Um, and that's why I didn't really love painting so much because it was just you and your studio. And I would try to visit my studio mates and you know bug them, and but there's just something about printmaking, how you're all around, and you, you know, you have a printing buddy, or someone would help you pulling prints, or mixing ink, right, I just really like that, well, yeah, let's look, I can go to a place, no, go ahead, you can go to a place, no, I, because personally, I can go to a place if I'm really working on something, where I become totally antisocial, like, I don't, you know, it's just, you know, you just zone in, and that's it, and then even if I have to stop, and, you know, go have dinner with the family or something. I'm just kind of shut off to the world. So that's why I like the printmaking aspect and staying connected with society. Even if it's just a small group, it doesn't have to be huge. I think one thing um, that I really like is that your regular life comes out in your work. And, you know, I think, and even um, you have some great series, like um, just because I know your work. So I'm going to, we're going to look at this one series first of Gus. Um, and I okay. actually just bought this. I thought I was going to buy it for my sister, and then I was like, no, no, I'm going to keep it. So this is actually the, um, this is an, a feature that Spreecast has. So I'm going to add it to the screen, and you can actually click it in the middle, and then you can pull it over across the chat so that maybe it's not in the way. Hopefully you all can see it, um, and 
hopefully, if you click it uh, too deeply, you will go to the um, Pinterest board where it's coming from. Oh. But you can actually move it all around your um, your thing. Can everybody see that? Oh shoot! I just went to Pinterest. Uh, just go back to the. Yeah, you, back. We can still he hear you. <laughs> okay, great. That's awesome. Thanks. Okay, they can see it. Good. <laughs> okay, so. And you can just move it over to the chat or whatever, but that's where it'll kind of, we'll be going through a bunch of pieces. So this is actually the board, right? That you yes, cut. Yes, this is what's called the block. It's um, a birch plywood. And um, a lot of relief artists use birch, of the plywood method, because you can get it in any um, size, pretty much. Where the this white pine, you're limited. This is... Yeah, this is like um, 20... 20 by 24, I think. I mean, large for the stuff I do. It's a good size. Yeah. And so, yeah. Okay. this so, is just an everyday yeah. kind of thing. You and you just, what made you want to make this? And, and you start with a drawing in your sketchbook. And then you... Oh my gosh, this one. You know, usually I have an image that I start with and I draw it several times and then I'm good to go. This one is, um, I didn't necessarily, my yellow lab, Gus, was 13, and he, so he passed away last summer. So I didn't necessarily have any pictures of him shaking, which usually I like to use my own imagery and, or go take a specific picture for an image. So um, it's Gus's head, and then I found pictures online of uh, different dogs shaking off water and kind of morph them together. Like the tail is... I, you know, you know, you forget as an artist, because especially when you work from real life or from photographs, you think, oh, it has to look just like that. But that's what's great about being an artist. Hey, Tara. Is that um, you can make it whatever you want. No one is going to see the picture that I worked from or the three or four pictures that I morphed together. Um, and uh, so the, the leg was a problem, the leg that was up in the air. And I think I redrew this on the board. I redrew it, I think, four times. I remember the process because you were like, does the leg look wrong? And I was like, it kind of yeah, does. <laughs> <laughs> and then you didn't know if you wanted the tail up or the tail down. That was one of the other things. Yeah. But then you're putting Sharpie on it, right? And you actually also do a wash. Right, like the way I start is I, you can either draw on the board directly and then put a wash on it, but I like to put an ink wash on it really lightly, and then I draw on it with Sharpie, and you can kind of see hints of blue and white, and mm -hmm. that's um, colored pencil. Uh, if I'm trying to work out an idea or where to cut, I'll draw in different colors so I can kind of keep track of it a little bit. But so this one um, is almost done with the cutting. I think the back leg I need to cut a little bit more. So what you're looking at, everything that's light colored is the wood underneath showing through. And that's what is um, not gonna going to stay white. Through. Yeah. Okay. So right. I'm going to go to the next one and we'll okay. pull this up because we have some process. So this is printed and again you're drawing everything backwards so if you were drawing letters it would be in reverse so that's something else you have to kind of break up in your brain um, as a designer you're going to be working in reverse so uh, here's the printed Gus. This is the printed version this is ink solid black and printed at an even pressure because another thing I like to do is I'll run it through the press at a light pressure to put a gray in the background and then I'll hand print everything else to be black but 
This one, I want to be black in the background to get the water droplets. Right. And this, I'm still debating cutting more water droplets, but I don't know. I addition this. There's an addition of 10 of these. Of just, just like this. this. Okay. So then she also, she also did, which I think as designers, um, we don't want to ruin a photo sometimes or a, a, a illustration. So this next one really helps me. When I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Because now I'm able, oh my gosh, you cut his head off and then you mirrored it together. And I was like, wow, it makes a really interesting. And, and that's one thing I really am inspired from Nikki is that she doesn't mind messing something up. She didn't mess her board up. She didn't mess her plate no. or, you know, her yeah, original. The block's fine. <laughs> yeah, the block is fine. But she did this, so it really pushes the way we see things. And I think that that's one thing I really admire and get motivated and inspired from Nikki about is that she's willing to try some of these things. And I think, for me, it's a really good way to push myself out of the box. Hey, what can I cut that could still, or crop out that would still be uh, functional? Gracie was watching a movie. <laughs> you did. Okay, you may have one. Okay, bye. I found one. I like it. Great. She found her Valentine stash. Oh. Do you want, can she say hi real quick? Sure. <laughs> Say, Gracie, see yourself in the Hi. Gracie, you're gonna um we're gonna show some pictures of you later that mommy drew. She's a big inspiration. But now you gotta go. Remember this is mommy time. <laughs> and you listen. Diane, I know you can't see her because the picture's in the way. Mommy, okay. Thank you for the coat you got for me. Okay, that's it. You're One box. I love you. So oh, another thing that Nikki's great at is pulling in what is everyday life. Um, and so her kids, her dog, her, um, I mean, there's lots of just everyday things that I think sometimes we think, oh, well, I'm not seeing anything or I'm not, I can't do anything really cool because I don't have, uh, I don't get to go walking and take pictures and do all this really cool stuff. But this is just everyday stuff that she really. Well, because I also found when I was in grad school, it was like, Everyone was trying to make art to change the world, like this big social, political stuff. And that's not really me. So, I, tr you know, that's what I was trying to do. And, you know, it wasn't until I started this, you know, the Gracie Calvin Gus series where I was like, I'm just going to do. It wasn't like I was crazy selling work anyway. I was like, I'm just going to do what I like to do, what interests me, and go with it. Like, I'm you not trying to please anybody else right now so for me the process I would normally think I'm pull a print I'm done but you actually still work at it you add other layers as well as you do stuff like you did here you have any other suggestions or anything you want to talk about with this before we go to the next one um, no I would just say that there's only so much you could do with the block as far but I like just looking at it now it'd be interesting I'd like to print more just to have tons of legs just going crazy or different that's something that I'm working on, like trying to do more layering. I, I, um, I'm still a little too much in love with the initial image, even though you know you're like, oh, I cut the head off, but I'm still in love with those little marks. So I, I, need, I need to work, I think, on layering and just really pushing the box because you can always come back. Right. Well, and I think that's another thing um, that I like about you is that you're also always you're not like this is it, this is who I am, this is what I do. You're always continually working and being that. 
continual student. And I think a lot of professors are like that. We have that teachable spirit, and we want to be taught, and we want to learn. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what makes a good student. It makes a good designer anyway. So I'm going to remove this one and add the next one, which this is, I love this one. You want to talk about the idea behind this one? Well, this whole idea came from um, an article in Wired Magazine that was um, about drop velocity and how animals shake different animals and how fat, like this, the looser the skin, like on a bear, like you can really see it shift over its muscles and bones, the more water it's getting off. And just that whole, I mean, we've all seen an animal, you know, shake and how the dog will start from the head and work and do the butt wiggle at the end. Right. I just found it really intriguing and kind of that science nerdy thing. So, um, the arrows and the circles are what's put into play when a dog shakes, like their overall circumference of the body, um, the how quickly they're shaking, and there's one other one, which we'll see on another print. So yep. I was just messing with the layering and the other colors. And what's nice is that it's transparent, it's silk screen, and it's transparent enough that you can see the cutting through it still. So you're actually doing two different methods, you two different mediums in a way. You're doing wood woodcut yes and uh, which is bigger wood engraving small but woodcut mm -hmm. can be really big you said 22 by 24 or something like that and then the screen print you're just doing a so you're actually just messing with your prints you're not doing anything to the blocks right the blocks the same and then the silk screen the reason why I chose it is because it's so quick <laughs> I could have cut these out of linoleum or cut them out of wood and printed them like stamps, but I just liked the silk screen you can see through. So layer, you know, figuring out where to put things registration wise is easier for me anyway. And I just like the mixing of the two because there's a clean illustrative quality to, to um, silk screen that I really like, like that were really you, sharp edge. Were you making a, a photo negative like on the silk screen from the computer were these computer drawn arrows yeah what would be the smart thing is that I would work out ahead of time everything that's light blue would be a screen everything that's that more turquoise color would be a screen mm -hmm. but no 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 I there each of those objects is on one screen but not in that order I just stacked them which is kind of ridiculous. So when I print it, it really I have to like print one at a time, huh. which is ridiculous. But I didn't. I wanted that freedom to be able to change up how they are around the dog. Where if I had made them all on one screen in the order that they were, then they would always be kind of locked in a little bit. Right. But no, I did it. Uh, I did it in Illustrator. Okay. So you're actually combining uh, two things, um, and then you're burning your your Silk screen. Yeah, yeah, I use photo emulsion for this. Photo emulsion. Okay. We're going to do... Again, because it's quick. So we're putting the next one up. And if some, if we're, if you're, if you are watching and you are not seeing these, um, just uh, please type in the chat or something and we'll try to figure out what's going on. But this is one of the drop velocity ones um, that actually has a little right. bit more of the science, which is really cool. Um, Nikki also gets some ideas from NPR. Um, she'll give assignments that way as well, but she gives assignments to herself, and I think that's another really good thing for us to do as designers is have a have a assignment that we do on our own. So go ahead, talk about the this one. 
Okay, so this one, and this would be great to get some feedback on. The next two images, these aren't these aren't actually in the real world. They're only on the computer. Right. A lot of times I'll scan my prints or, you know, take the photograph, put it into Illustrator, and then mess around with it there to see what I want to do, especially with this layering stuff. So this is one idea because there's kind of a dead zone on the left side. Um, there's a little tear in the board. And then also to bring in, yeah, it's drop velocity, shaking frequency, and um, the animal, animal radius. Yeah, yeah. Radius. Yeah. Are the three factors. And um, so this is just one idea. So I, this one feels a little crowded to me personally if you want feedback. Yeah. The other one is my I favorite. <laughs> I like the I, I like I like the there's so much going on. I like that the there is that blank space personally. So the next one I really like and I'll show y'all that one. I had a privilege of looking at these earlier. <laughs> so to me I actually see the water coming off better on this one. Oh right. Cuz structurally it's pretty much the same. I just simplified what's over on the left. Mhm. Mm and, yeah. of course, I could still mess, like, make it even lighter so it's very subtle. So you have to get up close to even see it at all. But, um, yeah, so I'm still messing around with this one. Any, uh, any comments from the gallery? Anybody? <laughs> That's a great one thing about <laughs> Spreecast is, um, is that you can actually type in and you can uh, communicate with us. Yeah. So. Well, now we'll bring the star of the show, Gracie, back on in another format. And this is like a long, kind of skinny one. And again, you can click on it and move it across. You can still see us talking if, if you want. But this is how, this is what kind of material, like what was the medium? This is an etching. It's a little plate, like two by three inches, I think. And it started as a, a demo for class. Showing, like a yeah. business card size. Wow. Yeah, it's about that size. Um, and uh, it has a little mesotint in it, an aquatint, hard ground. But it was just one of those little plates I was just messing with to show students what they could do and how to wipe it. And then um, the print that you used on my, the main headline. Mm -hmm. is another one of Gracie Woodcut that has all these little dots on it, like sprinkles. That's how I envision them. I thought, oh, well, why don't I just try... She's actually holding a Lego of Calvin's, and I kind of wanted to hide that a little bit, and then I just started printing circles over it. And, of course, pink's involved because she loves pink. But these are silkscreen, right? The pink and the orange are silkscreen. Yeah, so the... Yep, the polka dots are silkscreen. So then this ends up being kind of a small um, but longer piece now. Mm -hmm. So now I think it goes up to maybe eight inches, some of them. But I'm still messing around with the dot. It's amazing. It's just dots. But holy cow, like where you could place them. I mean, I have like six different versions in Illustrator messing with it. And, you know. <laughs> so how do you know when you're done? Oh, that's my biggest problem is that I don't. <laughs> I, I spend way too much time. And that was also as a graphic designer. If I had a client come to me and tell me exactly what they wanted, I would still give them five choices, which you know is not a good thing. Because then it's like, oh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that. So I'm very, um, I have a problem with that. I need to <laughs> know when to stop. 
so this is another one of Gracie, which uh, actually one uh, you got into a show with this. You actually, you know, I don't know how you're able to do everything that you do, but you uh, do, uh, I don't know if you call it published, but you uh, show your artwork all over. Um, and this one actually got you some, um, I don't know if you won an award or you just got into a really uh, hard to get um, into show. I, it was called Consequences and it was the Arc Gallery, which um, I found online, which is great now with the whole connection, how easy it is to find um, things to apply for. But it got um, the juror's choice. Mm. There are two other pieces in mine and that was, you know, we all have, I mean, I don't think I have a huge ego, but there's a reason why we show our work. We want, you know, people to like it. <laughs> so it felt good. It felt really good. But this so, one, um, it's on birch plywood again. It's 24 inches long and maybe 18 inches wide. And I was going to do a woodcut. But when I got done drawing it, I liked it just that way that I left it. I didn't cut it. So this was intended to be a print, but then you ended up not cutting it. And this is really, you're able right. to see the wash a little bit more and how she's using that to, to show how she's going to be cutting. And then you just went in with blue, what, a blue wash or? It's a Sharpie. You <laughs> used a Sharpie too. Right archival. Yeah, she did too, so I did. <laughs> and then it has a colored pencil on top of a wash to bring the white, a different kind of white out. Cool. It's great. Um, and... You know, a lot of artists, I, I don't know if you mind me sharing this, but I always thought this was kind of funny with this um, piece where, you know, you and Rick don't, you're not really all tattooed or anything, uh, but a lot of artists are. And so you thought, oh, well, maybe they, the people who were, you know, jurying this would think that Rick and Nikki were all, you know, sleeved up oh, or whatever. But I thought that was really kind of a neat, um, and I love her little polka dot underwear. I thought that was really cute, you know, as I don't know if that's the kind she was wearing, but that's what you pulled in. And again, you're pulling in these just really graphic um, shapes, and that's something I think we can do. Just pull into our work some of these and start with our design, start doing more layering. Just like you're doing in printmaking, we could do in our designs to just add that extra layer and play a little bit and it be okay if it doesn't work out. You can just take it off, yeah. take the layer off or something. Mm -hmm. So um, the next ones, again, I, this is another thing I love about Nikki is that she's just pulling everyday things, but I think that's what people connect to. Um, and these are the, the um, blow pops, lollipops. Yes, Tootsie Pops. Tootsie Pops. Um, again, it was an etching class. The sucker itself is a technique called mezzotint, and that's where you make the plate completely black, and then you burnish into it instead of drawing directly. And then the stick is a hard ground line. But this, it was, I was just messing around again and just started with the sucker, and I found, um, it's called chincolet, where you glue thin paper onto your printing paper. And so this is a found map, but I love to, and this is the graphic designer in me, I think. There's the little chew is just off to the right of the sucker. <laughs> I do. I like that. That's awesome. So it looked like the map, it looked like you did pencil on it too. Was there any messing with the paper? And this is just a one-off, right? You're not able yeah, to reproduce this because you're doing the shinkle. 
Right, right. Unless I had multiples of that map. It's a map of Canada, I think. Um, no, the, the, what looks like mountain ranges or that slight gray in the map is actually what we call plate tone or a little bit of mesotint or, I mean, aquatint on the plate itself. Okay. Was that intentional? So just, um, <laughs> answer yeah, yes. I like how, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like how it made the map look crinkled. Yeah. Like, you know, worn. Yeah. Definitely. So here's another, and it just goes to show we could produce for different clients, multiple clients, different kind of looks and get a totally different feel. And I think for us as designers, we need to do more of this. And so this is another piece that you did with the same, I believe, the same sucker. It's the same plate. It's the same plate. I just added um, the light circles in the background are burnished. So I did, I manipulated the plate a little bit and then all the other circles and the little king banner king of the suckers um is shinkle can you spell that shinkle so i can type it in the chat um megan let's see if i'm doing this right it's c h i n e c o l l e there you go and one of the e's oh. should probably have a little thing over the top but oh it's so French. And there you go. It would just have a space, just like Megan wrote Oops. It. But I got okay. the thingies. <laughs> I probably oh, didn't do I, it correctly. I, I think it has the thingies, but oh. <laughs> it's option yeah, I don't e. remember either, Megan. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, um, and, and then you have to type E twice uh, to get that thing. I'm a geek on oh, computers, geez. so I know how to get the thingies accents I think they're called well that technique I love shinkale I adore it well for us as designers we I use multiply in InDesign and I love that and that's exactly kind of the same thing that you're doing here you're cutting physically cutting and I'm just making something and, and in Photoshop you can do it too there's that uh, the layering and you can do um, blend tones uh, in Photoshop or InDesign and I use that and then you can uh, adjust the opacity if you you actually have a piece of paper that is opaque or I guess you could use a vellum or something like that but mm -hmm. uh, it's another technique we could use InDesign and in InDesign uh, Photoshop whatever anyway I think it's cool and I am inspired to just do different <laughs> things because of that so Oh, and that and have, piece was maybe five inches by eight inches. Again, I work on the small side. So a lot of yours have series. So really you think of the Gus, the Gracie with the, um, her the, at the mixing bowl, and then the Calvin ones, which we'll see in a minute, all kind of as part of one series, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So th you've also done collaborative work, and I know that collaborative is can be difficult but it's also can be very rewarding just because you're getting to work in a new medium and that's a, another reason I think designers could step back if they're always on the computer step back if they're always on paper then get on the computer and do something try something else you'll get different ideas but if you only use one tool all the time there's only so much you can do with a hammer sometimes you need a screwdriver right. so same kind of thing um, computers just one tool so this is a a piece this brings a little Nebraska to us, right? Yeah. 
So this is, um, my husband says, Rick Schneider, he does um, blown glass. And so this is blown, it's sandblasted cameo blown glass, I think is what we're calling it. It's kind of, I mean, it's out there. There are a lot of other artists that do it. Um, but everyone has their own little tweak on it. But um, what I loved about the collaboration is, and it's not just um, he does his thing and I do my thing and we stick them together. It's very, um, I'll do some sketches first and then, you know, he'll suggest, oh, well, maybe you should put the, barrel, the bushel basket over here. I mean, we still design and work out the colors together. I mean, I do not go in the glass shop. I mean, I don't blow at all. So that is definitely his thing. But, um, you know, with a lot of collaborative people, you can see, oh, I think I was walking to the airport once, and it was a collaborative work, and I'm always interested to see how other people sell it, because it seems the galleries love it and love that we work together. But, like, as far as academia and some other circles, they're, like, a little leery of what's really going on and who should get the credit. Right. So, um, but this work that I saw in the um, airport, it was photography like the person took the pictures and then the other person hand colored them which it just seemed very separate like and I mean maybe that ours seems that way too but it's very um I really like it because it's I'm not fully responsible for a piece and um um I like what it does to my woodcut style well and the very idea high contrast the idea is really a unit. It's a it's an ideation. Yeah. You're coming together of what you're gonna do. You have a whole series of working men, right, uh, or working people, yeah. American working class. There's um, a whole bunch of other busts of different workers, and then they have these graphics on them. And you're really responsible for the graphics, but as a unit, as a couple, as a collaborative couple, you're putting this together, and then you're deciding what kind of people you're doing and and then it really does right. it's really high contrast it totally is a different stylistically than your other work and I think that that's another thing it's designers let's try a different style if you're really tight on your drawing maybe draw with your opposite hand and do something looser or or get inspiration from a child or, or use a different tool that you're not normally using so I'm gonna this is I believe the whole piece is the next slide right, this is the next one and this is the whole piece and what also I feel is my graphic designer coming through is the the um, mounting bracket like we made that part of the piece too so it becomes a shelf piece which in sculpture there's you know it all becomes on the floor or on pedestal so it's cool to put it on the wall every now and then but we had this um, laser cut out of um, steel but it's some kind of metal but I just love the graphic icon iconic quality of these like little logos for each of our men so we have a firefighter that has a fire hydrant behind him and a chicken farmer that has a chicken um, an airplane operator that hat operator you know that that tells planes where to go oh <laughs> That's yeah a pilot People that sit in the big tall tower. Um, yeah. Anybody know what this uh, air controller? Yeah, air traffic that's it. controller. Yeah. So that his, you know, his um, mounting plate or what he's standing on is an airplane. Aircraft huh. controller. Thank you. That's right. Good job, Tara. Brain you get the Jeopardy yeah, points today. So, um, but it's really neat, and so. 
I really also am really into um, her process. And Nikki was like, oh, how long does this last? I said about an hour. Yeah, and now we have. It's almost over. <laughs> I know. It's 45 minutes. So we've got quite a few. So I'm going to quickly go through this. And if you just want to talk through these next yeah, ones of Calvin. Bust through this next set. The whole point I put these on here is because it was like three plates and just messing around with different layering. And it's with my son. Um, he didn't start talking until he was in his. Well, he didn't really start talking until he was four. So this whole speech and um, there was a radio lab, um, New York City radio lab uh, podcast that was about speaking. And this woman was on and she was like, you know, speaking is just little puffs of air coming through your vocal cords and how the whole process. So um, this whole set, you can just click through them really quick. If you I, I got it's lost. Can you hear me? Can oh, you yeah. hear me? I um I'm frozen. Yes, everything's frozen, and I think I have to quit my whole um thing. So um unfortunately, <laughs> well, hang. You keep talking about it, and I'm gonna come right back. Okay, I'm gonna try to see if I can okay. fix it. Okay, so it was a series of um Alex the Gray Parrot, which passed away a couple years ago. He had, I think, one of the biggest vocabularies of an animal, and that whole animal intelligence thing intrigues me. So you'll see when she starts clicking the images that it's my son, a profile of my son, and then with the different letters and sounds that he had a hard time saying. Um, and then I incorporated the parrot because it was just crazy that this parrot talked more than my three-year-old, and um, just that whole little puffs of air um, that I heard on the radio lab. So here's the parrot. So that's a plate at Shinkle, and then I had a plate of. Calvin's profile with um, it's called spit biting are those little clouds so that's the little puffs of air and then I made another plate of the scientific like the medical illustration of the throat and the structure of it and um, I played with it being horizontal and being vertical oh, I, and I turned them both horizontal I'm sorry I didn't realize there was a throat oh, there now I see it like, why are they horizontal I thought anyway. it was wrong I'm sorry so it's one of those cases where you just got to try everything. And that's what I love about printmaking is that you can really turn things on its head. So this one, imagine the parrot sitting at the bottom. So you see more of the face and the throat first. Right. And less of the, I don't know. You know. Sorry. All right. And then, then the next set is I got to be part of um, an ex a portfolio exchange with um, Bookworks in uh, North Carolina. And they were doing a, um, it was like the beer capital of the United States or something. So they wanted um, the wood engravers group that I'm with, Wood Engravers Network, everybody to design a label. And it could be whatever you want. It was wood engraving. It had to be little less than two by three inches. So you can make up any beer name and do whatever you want. Unfortunately, I'm not really a beer drinker. So I was like, well, what? I like the idea of the the Bach beer, the flashlight at the bottom, but you can just get, these are just all my sketches and working through ideas. And you can see there are a lot of animals and, <coughs> excuse me, I was in Mobile at the time, so I was fooling around with an alligator. Gator. And then yeah. I switched gears and just listed, just tried to keep, think of clever titles for a beer. Well, I ended up with Buckwheat Ale and did a, um, a deer with the antlers are wheat. And, just more sketches of different ideas. Now this and is the engraving. Is, 
This is a engraving that I did like a month before the beer label thing. But this one I cleaned it up in Illustrator and then um, this is the original, this is the first deer. Oh, oh. That, and then I the like the rays one. in the background. Mm-hmm. And the next one is working out in, in um, Illustrator if how I wanted to cut it because I was used to the deer looking from the left. Mm-hmm. Like I had to decide which, you know, how I want it to be. So here's my two not um, quick versions in Illustrator. And then the final one is, um, oh, I, I was going to write her name down. Jessie, I think it's Jessie, Jessie White. She was in the bookworks place, and she designed the background to put my label on, and I love it. Yeah, that's cool. All together. I think, I think it's very cool. It is. This is another collaborative that you really have no clue what other people are going to do. But she really came, work. she came, did she look at yours and then work, or she, it was two yes. completely different. Okay. No, we created, the wood engravers created the labels, we sent them in, and then the bookworks people created the plate and the bottle to put the label on. So she, so she I guess, she had seen your work. Yeah. 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 So, so another, that was very exciting. Yeah. So another thing that's so really doing, cool. Go ahead. Doing, I'm doing a lot of deers, and um, I also like to mess with quilting because you got all that pattern and the beautiful fabric you can find. And it's amazing what you can do with that one block by how turning it and messing with it. So this, I was showing just how I'll take one idea and try it in a lot of different ways. <laughs> and this is so a this big is a quilt. quilt. This is fits on a bed. I did this for my brother. So and again, the front using, and the next. using different tools, you know, not just staying. And I think one thing for you, you're really, you end up choosing really graphic and you have some fun with your colors that yeah you, I think that helps you in your pieces your other pieces of artwork yeah so that's the back because why have it just be plain I mean you have two surfaces you might as well design both sides so I usually go crazy on both sides right okay so the next is this um, rabbit and you've done a whole series of alphabets um, right mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, so I, was a project in, it was a project in grad school and I picked the letter R and it's at the bottom that we'll see it towards the end. The first one I did, but you know, it's called a grotesque alphabet and it's just one of those, if you're stuck with something to do, I just go back to my alphabet. I've only done like five or six. I'm not too far along, but I um, eventually envision it like filling up a whole gallery, like just spreading out. I think it would be cool. But this artist who's in clay, her name's Beth Kavner Stitcher. I think is how you say your name. I love her stuff. Like that, I mean, it's it still anatomically feels correct, but yet these animals have, there's something else going on. I just love it. So kind of um, being charged up by her rabbits, I did the letter J for jackrabbit. And then there's some sketches because, again, I didn't know I was a jack playing jacks. Oops. And um, for me, when I do the letters, it ha the animal and the piece, it has to make sense with the letter. So, right. And again, so, you're working backwards. Yep. So this was my first idea that ball was definitely going to be at the bottom of the J because, you know, typography like that, I don't know what font that is, but it's really nice with that ball on the end, like the right. roundness. It's, a, it's just the part of the serif. It's a teardrop terminal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's it. I just love that structure, but the more I sketched it, I didn't know where to put the other jacks, and I didn't really like how his foot was, and I didn't know how to get him in there without um, messing with it. So that there's another sketch. I ended up putting the ball in his hands. Yeah. But you could see, I mean, I sketched and sketched and sketched. Yeah. And During graduation, I believe. <laughs> this is yeah, what we do when we sit through. <laughs> Um, graduation. Yeah, this is like a really rough, this is from my framing days, working out letters and what to do with them. <laughs> yeah, I, but, it's, then, but it's, it's good to know that there's this process, and we can expect this process when we're creating something, and just coming up with ideas. So when you're stuck, you go back to the alphabet. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Another, uh, somebody had a question, how big is this? And this is very small. It's four inches wide by five inches tall. So, block. and this is engraving. Again, you're doing on the wood grain. So on the big one of Gus and... Um, so this is a plank of wood. Here we go. This is the grain. And this I is have where one. the Gus and my woodcuts are. End grain is dealing with this end. And they cut it up into little pieces and glue it up. Yes, it is a lot of detail. And I love, I love detail. There you go. Wow, that's a big block. <laughs> so that's an end grain block. Mm -hmm. So normally we that's cut here on this part. Like if you go to Lowe's and you get a piece of birch plywood, it would be cutting here. But this is all these pushed together. Not sure if you can see yes. these real good. Oops. They're glued up. And they're glued up so tight and the grain is so tight that it doesn't play. Like when you're cutting, there's no, you're not fighting the grain or it doesn't print. So the next two images are just me cutting the block as you go along. So I'll, I'll still stain the block and draw on it with Sharpie. And even with this one, even though I had sketched a whole bunch beforehand, I still did a lot of re-sketching once I was on the block and when I was cutting. And then you also, then, at the very end, you're going to cut with a jigsaw around. You can. And, yep, and that way you don't get what's called chatter or accidental printing. So I'll usually cut them to shape. And that's I like that organic taking it out of the square. Is these fun. are, you know, these are small, so it's a ton of detail. She's using different tools. You have woodcut tool and then you have engraving tools and they're they're mm -hmm. different. But for me, it's just the um, amount of detail that you have, but also if you look at your ball or the jacks, it's a lot of black and just a tiny bit of highlights that are giving these shapes. Right. And this one's another good example of I printed an addition like this, and then I cut more. So I think on the prints, you'll notice that the jacks are actually cut more. Oh. So even with still one idea and one image, I'll, I have like three different stages of it. So this one, you could tell the jacks are cut more. Right, definitely. But it's a beautiful piece, and you definitely see the J. Oh, good. And then the next one um, is just the same block, but, oh, well, this is the blackjacks, but it's printed on kitty kata. So just that subtle change of even printing what paper you're printing on will make it look different. Kitty kata, does it hurt? What's kitty kata? Kitty kata is a gorgeous, lovely, lovely paper. I love it. I love it. It's a Japanese paper. Huh. Um, and this is an O. This is probably my most... <laughs> 
successful wood engraving, but I just wanted to do otters and I found an O and there's fish swimming in there. So he's out of the water and in the water to make the circle. You have lots of really good wood engravings. These are some of my favorites that she does. She has a crab with birthday cake, holding birthday cake. I love that one. That one's amazing. <laughs> Um, well, I love engra one of your questions was what different types do I like? Oh, and this was the very first letter that I did. It was a project in grad school, and I chose R for Rick because I was sick of doing N's. And it's um, rock crabs. So huh. the crab that does the top of the R's cut more. It's black line versus white line, which is there's a crab hiding in the, the leg of the R. And just more rocks. I was really into rocks. In grad school. <laughs> um, so yeah. I started the whole alphabet. And um, what I love about wood engraving is that, yeah, it's tinier. I think the time spent is the same as my woodcuts or etchings. But the printing process of it, I really like. Because it's really quick. <laughs> and so I hate to say it, but when I'm deciding what to do images on, I mean, it really, like the Gus woodcut shaking would not have the same feel if it was tiny and smooth and clean on an, you know, an engraving or even just silk screen. So when I'm doing my images, I have to decide, and that was my biggest pet peeve for students is they would do this killer print, but it should have been a silk screen instead of a woodcut because they spent 40 hours cutting it out, but they could have easily just done it in one go on a silk screen and, and it would have looked even better. Like they were fighting the grain the whole time and, you know, stuff like that. So you got to think of that. And But the biggest thing I don't like about printmaking, I love the process, but I'm not totally in love with the print, the, the actual printing part. Hmm. Like the additioning. I love messing around and trying different things. But when I finally, like the Calvin print with his Legos, which we haven't shown today, but when I get down to additioning that, it's like, oh, then it's, then it's work. Right. <laughs> Well, then it's production. You know, oh, I've got 10 more to do. Yeah, then it's production. That's it's production. not my favorite. The creativity part is over, and now it's, it's, yeah. it's. Now I just have to crank them out so they all look the same. It's like <laughs> if you're making seven dozen cookies and you're coming up with the idea, the recipe, that might be fun. The first batch might be fun, but then the other six batches, not so much fun. Yeah, you're so. over it by then. Exactly. <laughs> So there's a bunch of um, ways to get in touch. I liked that Tara said there's so much detail. So maybe if you're a designer and you don't have a lot of detail, maybe do a piece that does have a lot of detail, um, and if or vice versa. Or if maybe you always use a lot of color, maybe you could pull back and have a limited color palette. Um, maybe if you're doing something more uh, photographic, then add um, some more graphic illustrations to it, kind of like... Um, one thing I like about the Gus piece is that you have this really detailed drawing that stands perfectly beautifully on its own. But then those those silkscreen um, arrows really add that graphic quality. And it's a limited color palette. And that's For me, that's something I can incorporate. Um, and I would love to know what you guys think when I'm bringing artists on. Um, you know, send me an email, let me know, uh, yes, we like the artist, or no, we don't. I probably will still bring them on because I like them. Um, they they influence me a lot, and it just 
it's not what I normally look at. So, yeah, I know we love Nikki. We do, Tara, for sure. But here's a way to get in touch with Nikki. She has a new blog. Um, it is, um, you can actually, it's here, down here. I'm also going to try to see if I can copy it and put it in the chat. Yep. Um, I also put it over there, too. You can actually click it and see it. It'll be something she is developing more. And then also, she has a new, um, there's nothing on it yet, but a new Etsy yeah. store called Clark and Grace. So Clark with an E, and then the letter N, and then Grace. And this is stuff, she's done all kinds of things that she sold with her sister. She's made bibs. She's made... Um, other little kid things, but now she's really going to focus on her printmaking and selling those. So those are going to be for sale very soon, um, and probably in the first quarter of the new year, these will be available. But um, that would be great. And I know Nikki's on Facebook as well. Um, uh, Meredith, us too. Uh, I'm sure. I don't know. You can read. Um, that always. <laughs> so um, and then again I know we're right here at the end um, I this is design uh, recharge designrecharge.org get in touch with me um, let me know what you'd like to see and um, you can email me at Diane at designrecharge.org you can also connect with me at Facebook oops or um, and these two are my Twitter handles ones design recharge and then Diane Gibbs AU <laughs> And then on Facebook, we are going for a thousand likes and to just build our community. So um, please join us. And um, there's a mailing list. You can sign up for our email newsletter. And please be a part. Tell your friends, hey, Gracie, we loved your pieces Mommy did of you. I know she can't hear me. I know she can't. <laughs> Here, there. Hey, Gracie. She's <laughs> like, I'm done. But anyway, okay. thank you guys for joining us. I'm sorry we didn't have enough questions, time for questions. We had so much information. I hope you're inspired. Go try something different and design and go crazy. And Nikki, thank you, thank you. We answered two of my questions, so we'll have to have we'll have to have you back on. The hour goes quick. See you next week. Thank you. That was really fun. Design Recharge, we have Charles Jeffcoat, and he will be talking to us about his design process, and he's more of a traditional designer, but we all get lots out of printmaking. I do. I hope you guys had a great day, and have a great week. <laughs> Bye, Bye, Nikki. Bye. I'm going to... I'm going to...